0: Bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies, Live In Word with Pastor Mansa Otterbill. And now, today's word. I'm speaking today on a very interesting subject. It's a part one of the subject and I've I've titled it Self-Government. Government, and this is self government part one. Now, self government is a political phrase, usually. Before Ghana gained independence from British colonial rule, that phrase, self government, was the most popular phrase in the then Gold Coast. The main arguments, political arguments then, was whether we should have self-government now or self-government in the shortest possible time. But we were all agreed that the British had done their bit and it was time for them to go home to their island and leave, them, leave us alone. Uh, and so uh, at that time, if you spoke to a, an average Ghanaian and talked about self-government, they were related to political independence from British colonial rule. But today, I'm using the phrase differently. I'm not using it uh, within the political context of a nation being free from another nation, but I'm using it in the context of leadership development, self-leadership, being able to lead yourself, being able to govern yourself. Before we lead others, we must first learn to lead ourselves. Most leadership books and instructions focus on how to lead teams and how to lead organizations. But the truth is that uh, leadership doesn't start by leading people, it starts by leading yourself. You lead your team, you lead your nation, you lead your organization the way you lead yourself. If you lead yourself wrongly, you're going to lead the people who follow you also wrongly. A person's leadership philosophy and practice is first seen in the way they lead or govern themselves. So this is what I call self-government. Proverbs chapter 30, and verse 27 is my beginning phrase. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 27. And it's a very simple phrase. It says, the locusts have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. The locusts have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. Now, most of us have no concept of what locust is. Um, A locust is um, like a grasshopper, but a very terrible grasshopper. And they don't just hop from grass to grass as one individual. They move in large groups, and when they uh, attack a farm, within a short time, they can eat a whole plantation. And when you have a locust attack, within a short time, the whole agricultural product of a nation can be lost just because of the locusts coming in. Now, it is these insects, locusts, that the book of Proverbs is describing. And I've tried to put a picture of a locust swarm on the screen when they start moving, sometimes they can be so enormous that they can cover the sunshine. It would be almost like a cloud moving. Uh, they turn day into night. It's, it's just a huge movement. And, and they can go in and just destroy crops. Now, that's not a good thing human beings want for locusts to destroy our crops. But the writer of Proverbs is using that to talk about something very important to us. Now, the chapter 30 of Proverbs, and most of it, uh, there are observations concerning certain animals and the lessons we can draw from them. There is mention of ants, of rock badgers, of locusts, of spiders and lizards, and, and the lessons we can learn from them. But our focus is on the locusts. Uh, The locusts have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. There are three important ideas I want to bring to your notice from that verse. The first is the idea of no king. No king. Uh, It means that the locusts are self-motivated. They wake up when they must wake up. They have no one to motivate them, yet they are able to inspire they're able to motivate themselves. If we must wait for somebody to smile on us before we smile uh, and be happy, then your happiness is going to be controlled by somebody. As the locusts have no king. They have nobody whipping them, nobody giving them commands. But according to the passage, they are able to move. If we're going to be great leaders, we have to learn from the locus We have to be self-motivated. The second is they all advance. They all advance. That is, they are self-directed. They move forward by their own personal choice. They choose to advance in life even when everything and everyone is pulling them. They are self-directed. They all advance. It's the nature of locusts, but it's a nature we must develop if we are going to govern our lives well. And the third is that they move in ranks. They move in ranks. They are self-disciplined. Now, what that means is that they don't bump into each other. Although nobody's instructing them, they move in ranks. They move in an orderly manner. When they eat your crops, they eat it in an orderly manner. They are self-ordered. They live a structured and a well-managed life, even when everything around them is chaotic. In the book of Joel, God used the locusts to describe his mighty army. And if you read the book of Joel God describes his army as locusts And those of you who are fans of the King James Version You would hear the phrase What the palmer worm has eaten The canker worm has And, 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 and all of that Now the palmer worm, the canker worm They are all kinds of locusts And God describes his army as locusts They are self-motivated Self-directed and self-discipline. Leadership does not start by having people following you. Leadership does not start when you get a position in life. Leadership does not start when you go and lobby for a post or when you get an appointment letter. It starts when you develop a self-governed life. And a self-governed life is a life where you motivate yourself where you direct yourself and where you are disciplined. These are the marks of a self-governed individual or group. Now, you know that Ghana gained self-government on the 6th of March, 1957. Uh, Our first prime minister and later president, Kwame Nkrumah said, we prefer self-government in Danger to. Something. Servitude in tranquility. I think so. In other words Kwame Nkrumah was saying. We want to be free. Even if it doesn't help us. And on the 6th of March. When he declared freedom, freedom, freedom. Three times. And pronounced us free. We were all happy. That we had become a free people. However. 60 years of our freedom uh, has been a very, very interesting adventure. It's not been the most productive 60 years of our lives. So self-government is desirable, but it doesn't necessarily mean that your life will be better. But you have to start with it. You have to start with it. And if you ask me, is it good that Ghana became independent uh, 60 years ago? Shouldn't we have been under the British rule? I said, no way under any circumstance. It's good to be free. It's good to be free. It's good to govern your own life. But it doesn't mean your life will improve. But it's good. It's good. So, Galatians chapter Five, verse 16 and Joshua chapter one and verse eight. I'm going to just look at these two passages to talk about processes we go through to become a self-governed person. Galatians 5:16, I say, "Then walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh." Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you have good success. So let's look at the process for becoming self-government. How does a person become a self-governed person? Now I am teaching this from a Christian point of view which I believe is a superior point of view to any other view out there. So I'm going to approach self-government as a Christian should approach self-government. First, if we're going to be self-governed people, we have to be spirit-led people. Spirit-led people. We must follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. The self-governed person Follows the governor, the Holy Spirit. When we become filled and we walk in the Spirit, we become free from man and our own expectations. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so just as a self-governed nation is free from colonial rule we also become self-governed individuals when we are freed from satan's power and control and the one who liberates us is the holy spirit he frees us from the power of satan the holy spirit is the great emancipator he's the great liberator he frees us from the power of sin He frees us from demonic control. He frees us from the power of our addictions. He frees us from the fear of man. He frees us to be truly liberated men and women. So when I talk about self-government, it doesn't start with you just saying, I want to be free. That may lead to anarchy. For the Christian self-government does not start with you wanting to be free, it starts with you being led by the Holy Spirit that's the first step the second step to becoming a self governed person as a Christian is to be ruled by the scripture spirit led scripture ruled submit to the counsel of God's word this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth the scripture says in Psalm 119 verse 9 how can a young man cleanse his way By taking heed according to your word. When we submit to God's word, we live by the rules of heaven. A self-governed nation adopts a new constitution, new guidelines to live by. When Ghana became independent, 1957, we had to have a new constitution. Because we couldn't live by the old constitution by which the British ruled us. So, a new constitution... Uh, Is put in, and in the process, uh, we had another constitution, which wasn't too good. uh, And then we've had several constitutions since then. You know, we keep changing the constitutions. That's another story. But a self-governed person doesn't just live by the constitutions of a nation. He lives by God's constitution, the word of God. Which abides forever. We don't change that constitution and there will be no coup d'etat to bring a new constitution into being. The word of God is forever sure. It works every time. So when we say a person is self-governed as a Christian, it means that they are led by the Holy Spirit. They are, number two, ruled by the word of God, by the scriptures. The scripture is your constitution. It is the basis for your behavior. You determine right and wrong based on the scripture. You determine what you must do based on the scripture. You don't just determine by yourself what is right. You don't just invent right by yourself. You do it by the spirit and by the scripture. And the third thing to do to become self-governed is to be self-controlled. To overcome the desires of the flesh. A self-governed person controls his or her bad habits. Just like a self-governed nation must learn to use its freedom not to destroy but to build. I think one of the lessons maybe Ghanaians didn't fully understand when we were asking for self-government was that we, were, we had to work more. We had to plan our own lives better and we have to control our own desires. Unfortunately, after self-government as a political entity we allowed bribery and corruption and stealing and deception to come into the life of the nation and it's not helped us. But if we're going to be self-governed we are not free to sin we are We are giving freedom so we can control the desires of the flesh. Now, if you want to develop a self-governed life, if you want to be a leader who leads himself, first, you must be led by the Spirit of God. Second, you must be ruled by the scriptures. And third, you must live a self-governed life or a self-controlled life. So let's look at a few characteristics of a self-governed person. When we say this person is self-governed, what does it mean? If you say, I am self-governed, what What, what, what are the signs or what are the things that show that, yes, you are self-governed? I'm going to give you three important things that... Show that you are self-governed. Number one is that you assume full ownership of your choices. You assume full ownership of your choices. One of the most difficult things for every human being is to make a choice. Doesn't it happen to all of us? I'm going to work. I put on a shirt. I put on a trouser. Then I asked my wife, what do you think? I like it, I don't like it. Oh, the shirt is nice. shirt is not nice. Then you go and change it. Or it happens the opposite way. My wife puts on her clothes. And she asked me this morning, what do you think of the shoes? And I said, I like that one. The good thing is that she asked my opinion. She didn't take it. So I'm thinking, why did you ask me in the first place? So this one and that one, which one do you like? I said, I like that one. Then she went and changed both. (laughs) But that's a self-governed person. It means she has assumed full responsibility for her choices. And when she walks and her feet are pinching her, it's her choice. (laughs) So a self-governed person assumes full responsibility for their choices. That's very important. You own your choices. Your choices are yours. When Ghana became independent, it became an owner of its choices. We don't wait for somebody to tell us what to do. We don't wait for Great Britain to tell us, what to focus on, what, how to handle our forests, how to manage our rivers and our water bodies, how to process our mineral wealth. Nobody's going to tell you that. You are the owner of your choices. One of the biggest challenges for most of us, we don't know how to make a choice. We always want somebody to tell us what to do. We always want somebody's opinion. We always want, and we, we will sample a thousand opinions and still not be able to settle on any op- opinion. If you cannot make up your mind what to do, you haven't really become self-governed. And woe if anyone is following you. Because today you say, I'm going left. And when you think you're going left, you go right you go left then you go backwards and they end up trying to figure out where is he going he doesn't know and the followers can't know a true leader is self-governed how is he a self-governed person because he takes full ownership of choices you can't say I don't know what to do you must do something because at every point in time you be confronted. With a choice. And you have to make a choice. Even when you don't know what choice to make. You have to make a choice. So. Take full ownership. Of your choices. Let me say this. I think one of the big challenges we have. Africans generally have this. Because our societies are communal. So everything. We do it with people. We go everywhere with people. Somebody is going to a funeral. He can't even just decide, I want to go out to a funeral. He says, Go and you go and pick. Oh, I'm going to a funeral. Can you join me? I'm going to a funeral. Can you join me? Get people to join them. I'm going to market. Can you join me? I'm going to see this. Can you join me? We always want people around us because we are not able to independently own our choices. And the people who cannot do that are not self governed. And and therefore, it affects the quality of leadership that we produce. Because one of the challenges of leadership is that you have to sometimes stand alone for what you believe in. And if you have a whole culture that does not support independent thinking, you cannot produce self-governed individuals. They may be positionally in power, but actively, they're not leading. They may be moving in circles. So a self-governed person assumes full ownership of his or her choices. Number two, a self-governed person accepts personal responsibility for his or her actions. You don't blame others for their situation. The implication of a self-governed life is that you can't blame someone else for the way your life has turned out. You can't blame someone else if you fail to reach your high goals. Since I'm using this term both in a political sense and in a personal sense, for example, Ghana, we can't blame the British colonial rule, the British for our nation after 60 years, whom are you going to blame? You can blame unfair world economic order. You can blame America. You can blame Trump if he doesn't want you to come to his country. Is it your country? You can blame somebody for that. Because one of the principles of self government is that you are fully responsible for the outcome of your life. Your father may not have taken good care of you, but you can take good care of yourself. Your father mistreated your mother, but you can treat your wife well. You can't say, well, this is my family. This is our habit. This is what I came to meet. But you are a person that is governed independently. You are not under the rule of your father any longer. Self-government means I'm in charge by the help of the Holy Spirit. My mother was like this, but I'm not going to be like that. My father was like this, I'm not going to be like that. This is how everybody in my neighborhood is, but I'm not going to be like that. It means you assume full responsibility for your actions. You can't blame somebody else. You are where you are because that is where you have chosen to be. The four lepers are the gate of Samaria. When Samaria is surrounded by the Syrian army and everybody is hemmed in, mothers are killing their children. King has no clue what to do. Four lepers ask the most profound question a leader must ask: Why do I sit here and die? We will arise and move on. That's a self motivated self-directed person the locust person the locust mentality so nobody took you to school but since you became an adult have you taken yourself to school so nobody loved you but since you grew up have you learned to love yourself and love other people so your father was a bad example but since you grew up have you become a good example If you don't get self-government right, we will only be in the process of promoting people. That's why here we like post. Have you noticed what happens when people are going for parliamentary vetting? A whole entourage of chiefs and relatives and friends are behind him and when they get past, they pour white powder on him as if he had succeeded. He has done nothing, achieved nothing, set no goals, fulfilled nothing, but for us, the post is the end of it. Once you get a post, look at what happens in Ghana. And the moment somebody gets a position, it's a party, it's white powder, it's wearing white, it's having all kinds of, and he has achieved nothing. Because position is more important to us than achievement. And why is a position important? It's not because of what he's going to do everybody is thinking the chief is thinking oh he's a minister Oh, now I will have a nice car the father the brother is thinking oh my brother is a minister now our family struggles sign of the cross are over so we live our lives by proxy we live our lives through others We live our lives through others. It's a whole culture of dependency. No self-government. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebih, like his page on Facebook, follow him on Twitter at Mensa Autebile. email otteville at centralgospel.com or call 233-302-688-000.